my name is Genesis and we want to welcome you to Free Life Chapel. Here at FLC, we want to help you discover and live the free life in Christ. Listen, we are so excited you decided to tune in with us today, but if you're ever in the Central Florida area, come check us out. We are all about family and we would love to connect with you face to face. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and how you can be a part of our FLC family, check us out at freelifechapel.org. We can't wait to connect with you. Until then, check out this message that's in store just for you. What is the church about? Why are we here? Does Lakeland need another one? Does Florida need another one? I want us to talk about that because I think for the most part, in fact, I am convinced that most people today don't even know the church's purpose based on Bible. And I want us to talk today so you and I have a full concept as to what it's about. If you're with us for the first time today, so glad you're here. Hang with us and roll. Free Life Chapel, if this is your home church, you've been here for a minute, I need you to listen and buy in here. We're going to go here. 52, what's 52 all about? 52, there's 52 weeks in a year. This series is about being all in every week. We're not backing up. Every week we're going hard. Every week, full court, put on the jersey and play ball. Get out of the stands. Get on the court. Let's do this thing for the kingdom of God. That's what we're all about. Full commitment. Full participation. Holding nothing back so that we can be everything God intended us to be. Till the day I die. Till the day I die. You probably heard before about the chicken and the pig talking about breakfast. The chicken said, I think we ought to have breakfast. He said, what do you want to have? He said, I don't know, bacon and eggs. He said, easy for you to say. For you, all it takes is a contribution. For me, it takes serious sacrifice. You'll get that later. I don't want us just to lay eggs and try to bless God with our eggs. I want to give him all that I am and I want to experience a full commitment that changes everything. Matthew chapter 16, check this out. Matthew 16 verses 15 through 18 begins to lay this out. It's the very first time the word church is mentioned in the Bible. Check this out. By the way, if you're new here, Everybody here, I'm going to read the dark words. Everyone else is going to read the, we're going to read the, uh, the yellow words together. So let's go together. Here we go. Jesus is talking to this guy named Peter, and he says, Who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, You're blessed, Simon, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, and that word, that, that name means rock. You are that rock, and upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not come. On this rock. What Jesus was saying was based on that revelation of who I am, I'll build everything that will rock this world. When people buy into who I am, that I'm not just another nice guy. 
I'm not just another philosopher. I'm not just a guy of a good moral code or a good teacher. I'm not even just a rabbi. I am the Messiah, the one who came to die and change all of time, history, and humanity. That's who I am. And when you understand that, when you say yes, when you buy into it, I've found another person that I can build my reputation on and I can change this world if you buy into that message. It's a powerful thought. In fact, Paul, the quarterback of Christianity, as we always talk here, he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Paul, he uses three different symbols to describe the church. In Ephesians 1, he calls the church a body. Like we're, we're a living organism. We're, we're alive and active in repping Jesus. And then in Ephesians 2, he calls us a building. He actually says that, that, we, that, that we're built on the word of God and God's presence. We, we house, we are carriers of God's presence as a building, as a temple. And then he said in Ephesians chapter 5 that the church is a bride. A bride meaning that we have a committed, loving, growing relationship with Christ that's only getting stronger and better day in and day out. And our fidelity is to him. Our passions are towards him. Our heart is to know him. This is how Paul described the church. We're active in culture. We're built on word and spirit. And we're committed to knowing, loving, and serving Jesus. The church. The church. How do you know the church has some work to do? Don't look at your neighbor. Keep looking this way right now. Just keep looking this way. That is who and what the church is according to the Bible. Who is the believer's life, our lifestyle, our voice, our repping Christ, repping this word to the world with hope and love and joy and embrace. That's who we are and what we are is we are kingdom impact that's transforming the culture around us one relationship at a time. That's who we are, the church, when it's biblical and when it's healthy. I, I, I need to make you aware of some things. In my opinion, it's the most important body of people in any era of history, the church. The church has radically impacted, the church has radically impacted culture since the beginning of time. All of the holidays, not all, holidays were started because of the church. Christmas, Easter, Holidays were the beginning. Healthcare and adoption, foster agencies were started by Christians. Higher view of sexuality and marriage was all came from the concept of God's word to elevate it and what impacted culture. The dignity and freedom for women came straight out of the Bible and that was the foundation that was used to fight forward to give women those equal rights to step up and move forward in life. They gave children a higher status. They gave kids a higher value to, to culture from the word of God. Jesus said, let the little children come to me. You don't want them, send them to me. I'll love them. I'll raise them. They're, they're the next generation. Jesus saw that, changed our life. But, but let me help you. The most significant artist and artwork in the Renaissance period were all Christ followers. And their art came out of that. And it impacted our world today. We still talk about it. Musicians and music, Bach, Mozart, Beethoven, all of these men looking to the word of God. That was the inspiration. That was 
was the heartbeat behind all the work that they composed. The word of God impacted them. Literature, the Bible, still the number one bestseller in all of time. And the second bestseller of all time was written by one of the church philosophers, Augustine. His, his, his book was called City of God. And still today, impacting philosophically, culturally, morally, helping societies get better from the word of God, the foundation of America, human rights, the constitution, freedom for all people, straight from the word of God, the foundation of the educational system, Harvard, Yale, and Princeton all started as Christian colleges. They all started on biblical principles. That's where it began. The foundation, the greatest force of charity around the world, all the charitable contributions going on worldwide, Christians going out and sacrificing lives and time and family to help reach others that they don't even know. Why? Because they are motivated by the word of God that says this is what the church of Jesus Christ does to impact the world. This is the unseen government of the world is the church. When the church moves, it affects and it shifts everything in culture. When disaster hits and Christian organizations start showing up to bring relief, it's the church bringing impact. Oh, we look to the government. We've been looking to the government for so many things and the government was never made to fulfill those needs. The church was called to step in and deal with it. That's why poverty is an ongoing thing because you can't legislate poverty. You can't legislate that. It's a spiritual issue. Poverty is a spirit issue that's got to be broken in people's minds and hearts and lives so that a new legacy can be started. When the church is healthy, when the church is biblical, things change. We are the church of Jesus. Upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. In other words, there'll be opposition, but it won't work. There'll be pushback, but the church wins. If the church will hold its ground. Would you turn to three folk and tell them we win, we win, we win. Just, just bring somebody into the conversation. In 2010 is when Free Life Chapel started. I know we actually launched our first service the first Sunday, January 2011. But it was in March of 2010 when, when Free Life Chapel started. Cindy and I had been serving in another ministry, and we were executive pastors of a, of a, of a church. And I was frustrated inside. I said, there's got to be something more to ministry. There's got to be something more to church. We're seeing people come, it's all cool and fine. But I got tired of preaching to people who were already convinced about Jesus. I wanna make impact. I wanna reach people who are far from Christ, who aren't even given, they're not mad at him, they just don't like church. You ever met those folks? Have you ever been that person? I'm not mad at Jesus, I just didn't like church. Church got on my nerves. Church sucketh. That's, I'm just going just, 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 to church. It sucks the life out of me. Uh, it just, uh, people just angry. What, where's that love you talk about? I'm like, yeah, I, I didn't like church. I didn't like church. So I said, you know what? We, we got to do something different. And, and, and in a time of prayer, and, and it was in a devotional time, I was reading the story of the woman with the alabaster box. And I was in that devotional time, and in an instant, man, in an instant, in that time of prayer and just, God, what does the next season look like that we can love people into a relationship with you, not, not showing them what religion has said, but, but your heart and your love and an opportunity to know you. How do we go there? And, and, and it was in that instant that just that quick, man, 
He ran me through a scenario in my heart and my mind, and, and, and I began to see something, and it gave me the foundation that, that really helped to birth. It was, the, it was what birthed Free Life Chapel. And it really came off of this. It's kind of kind of neat. Uh, it, it, all, all this beautiful perfume and cologne. And anybody like, like fragrances, like uh, perfume and cologne? If you don't like fragrances, then you must like odor. No, I'm, just, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I shouldn't have said that. That's horrible. That's terrible. Scott, uh, redact, cut that out of the podcast. Like, back up and just take that out, please. I'm a dude that likes colognes. I, I, I think colognes are cool. I think it's all great. And, 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 and th- this, is, this is what happened to me during that time of prayer in birthing free life. I, 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 if we were to go to Dillard's or Macy's today and we walk in, and, and you see this fragrance counter. You got the perfumes here. You got, you got the colognes over here. You got the men, the women. You got it all set up. How many you know that when you walk in, the displays are amazing? Like, I mean, they got all this bougie stuff going on, right? It all kind of spins. Look at that. Hey, how you doing? I'm so glad it works. It's like, like all that stuff going on. And, all, and the bottles are not the same. The bottles are all made different. Like, like they're a fragrance company. But the company put so much time and money into fashioning the package so that it would make the fragrance stand out. It was so intentional. And so you go to, a, you go to Macy's, you go to Dillard's, you walk in, you see a fragrance. The, the, what's interesting about the fragrance counter is what catches your attention is not the smell. It's the look. The first thing, man, that's a, that's a cool looking bottle. Look at that thing. Okay, that is a bougie bottle right there. How you doing? Amore. Vince Camuto. It's like, got, got the little thing on top. Look at that. I, it probably smells good too. I ain't going to try it, but I'm just going to say it probably smells good. Like it's just, that's a beautiful bottle. I, I, I like that. But how many you know, you don't just, when, if you see a cool bottle, you don't just go pick the bottle up and go, hey, cool bottle, and put it back down. If a bottle caught your attention, your next step is, y'all preaching my message for me today. What the? Ooh. I'm going to get me one of these. But how do you know that they put so much money into packaging? After you decide that you like what's in it, I would rather buy it in a plastic bottle, please. Could I get it for like half the price? You can keep the glass and you can keep the foo-foo stuff. Can I get it in a plastic bottle, please? Because that's all. Uh, can, do you do it in wipes? Can I get some wipes with it? I don't even. <laughs> you walk in, you see a, you see a cologne bottle. It's wrapped in leather, leather metal chain hanging on the side. That's a dude's bottle. I'm picking it up. I want to check the bottle out. And once you see what's in, like, dang, I'm loving that right there. I've got to have me one of them. And you take it home with you. Watch, watch. What was it that made you stop? Was it what was in it or was it the way it was packaged? When I got to that point, I felt like the Lord challenged me. Scott, I want to be repackaged for this culture. There's nothing wrong with what's inside. Don't mess with the ingredients. Don't mess with the ingredients. You keep that pure. You don't decide that. There's nothing wrong with that. But the way I'm packaged in religion 
and some traditional structures. I don't mind traditional church. It's just not for everybody. And for those who don't do traditional church, who you see traditional church and you start getting flashbacks of some things that you went through. You're like, I'm not mad at Jesus. I'm just not doing that anymore. So where do I go? to connect and know him and love him and grow in him. And he said, I need you to deconstruct that and repackage me so that they will see something that they like before they ever discover what's inside of the place. And once they discover, oh my Lord, I love this, then they don't need the screens and they don't need you swinging on a rope out across the front of people or riding four-wheelers down the middle aisle. They don't need all the packaging. They'll take me pure just like I am. Once they discover who I am, I want you to understand something. Free Life Chapel does this stuff intentionally to reach people who are unchurched, dechurched, and overchurched. Unchurched people who don't know jack about Jesus, dechurched people who did their time growing up and said, I'm out right there. That's a, I'm done. I'm, I, I, judgment, condemnation, it's irrelevant. No answers for my life. I got other things. That I, I, checking out. The, the, God directed us in 2010, go after those people, but I want you to package me that they're going like, dang, dog, you can't do that in church, but they're doing that in church. Did you see the series title that they just came up? You better come and see what that's about. God knows what they're going. Oh, man, they're going to be after them. Oh, we've heard it all. But we're packaging him different intentionally so that people will stop and discover how amazing his fragrance is. And when they do, it changes everything. And then in the story of the woman in the alabaster box, the Bible says that this is actually, this is an alabaster box right there actually and inside there's perfume that goes in that and, and in order to in order to open this up the lady when she when she was when she opened it up she had to break it she had to break the seal on it in fact scholars state that that alabaster when it was broken open was worth about $30,000 in her day uh, more than one year's salary is what she decided she would give to Jesus at one moment I will worship him with everything that I've got. And she broke it. And that, that word broke caught my attention. And because as I, as I began to, to, to study it, I was reading it, and it said that she broke the box. It's okay. Y'all heard a kid scream before. It's all. It looked this way. When, when, when she, the Bible says when she broke the box, here's what I felt like God challenged me with. Are you willing to shatter the form of everything you thought I had to be packaged in? to let me back out. I knew what form was. Form was the tradition. Form was wearing my three-piece suit. I used to wear a three-piece suit to preach y'all. Did y'all know that? No, I straight did. Like, like uh, every Sunday, every Sunday. And when I got done preaching, when I got done, and I preached for an hour, hour, hour and 10 minutes, you know, a little Greek, a little Hebrew. Those are not, those are not chefs. Those are like, that's how that, we Greek and Hebrew and, and all of that. And at church was like two and a half hours, three hours long. Pack a lunch. Here we go. And I loved all of that too. I'm not, I wasn't mad at that. But, but. Repackaging. I would go home and take that suit off. It would walk itself to the cleaners. Do you understand? Like it was nasty. I didn't even know you could wear Jordans and preach. I didn't know you could do that. 
I just call them J's because Jesus, J's, J, Jordan. I, I, I just, my, me, me and J's. And I, I, I didn't know you could do this. And Jesus would still show up. I thought Jesus had a robe on and he was walking around with a whip to hit people. He's walking around with a house robe and going, dude, I love you. He's got on his got on his Jordans, he's got on his busted up jeans and he's walking around loving humanity, loving life. If Jesus were here today, he would not come to church. He'd be walking the streets of Lakeland loving people. He wanted to go where people did not know him. He wanted to go people where, where hope was needed, where joy was needed, where love was needed. That's what he did. And so would you shatter the form of everything you've known to let me back out again so I can touch people who are far from me, who love me, they just don't know me that way anymore. And so we birthed Free Life Chapel. The vision of Free Life Chapel, helping others to discover and live the free life in Christ. But we, we know that and we quote that, but there's, there's something that we always quote. Watch this, watch this, watch this. Oh, all my old regulars, I'm coming to you. There's something we quote at the end of every service as well. It is our closing declaration. And some of you all didn't even realize how intentional the declaration has been. The declaration. Put it on the screen if you don't mind. You got this up? Everyone read it together. Ready? One, two, three. I am eternally loved, totally accepted, fully forgiven, and abundantly blessed. I am Watch this, eternally loved. While I'm still jacked up, a train wreck. Oh, y'all just keep looking at me with your fake halos on right now. Just keep that going. It's, it's working really good for you. Like you got it all together. Turn to someone, tell him he's talking to you, Ethel. He's talking to you right now. I got, that's, he's, he's, he just got. Look at this. Jesus died for everybody, all of us, all us jacked up, screwed up people. He died for us before we knew him, before we looked at him, before we cared about him. The Bible says that we are eternally loved. He died for us. Romans chapter 5, verse 8. This is your great next tattoo. Read this out loud. Ready? One, two, three. God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Let me help you with something. This is amazing. That means his love, you can't earn it, you can't increase it, you can't deserve it, you can't stop it. His love preceded your salvation. Before you confessed him, he loved you like crazy. He doesn't love you more after salvation than he did before salvation. He's always loved you. That's never changed. He's never had degrees of love. It's always been full-blown coming at you. And this is why we at Free Life have to be sure if we're going to be the church. We are loving people before they like us. Free Life, hear me. Hear me. We can't just be recipients of it. We've got to be givers of it. The thing that we have received, we have to give. We have to reflect. You've got to love them before they like you. You've got to love them when they look inside out at you. You've got to love them when they suck in their teeth and roll an eye. Like, you've got to still love them anyway. I love you. That's why I love walking through, through Lakeland and smiling and waving at people. I don't have a clue who they are, but it's wonderful to cause chaos in their mind. Wondering, who is that smiling at me? It's crazy when you're nice in culture to people you don't know how it messes with their head. People who don't believe yet, 
who don't think like us, who don't act like us. Because why should they? We're not, the, we're not the standard. We're not the epitome. I don't want to make you like me. I want you to be like Jesus. So we're going to differ in a lot of areas, but that has nothing to do with me reserving love. It didn't reserve Jesus. It can't reserve mine. And if the love of Jesus is, if love was Jesus's answer for culture, then love must be the standard for the church. Please hear me today. Free life. We have to love people like Jesus loved people. If we're going to be the church. I am totally loved. I am eternally loved. I am totally accepted. You know, when we started doing this, this little closing declaration years ago, we had some people call us a cult. Oh, they just, they all repeat that mantra together at the end of the service. That's a cult. Well, you're going to hell because I mean, this is Bible that we're talking about here. Anyway. I am, watch this, totally accepted. Anybody like the idea of being accepted? Please raise your hand in this room. Yes, because we're all so insecure. Yeah, exactly. Totally accepted. Everyone welcomed. Everyone embraced. Everyone accepted. Romans 15, 7. You're going to get a lot of tats today. Here we go. Romans 15, 7. One, two, three. Would you turn to someone and tell them, I love you, man. I just love you. I'm so glad you're here. I love you. Everyone's accepted. Everyone is welcome to Free Life Chapel in Lakeland, Florida. Everybody. We got to stop putting preconditions at the door. Because once we start doing that, then none of us are going to be allowed either. You got issues. The preacher's got big issues. Watch this. Thank you. Listen to me. No background or reputation prevents anyone from coming to Jesus or his house. Nothing. Race, sexual orientation, your past, age, education. What, what, I don't care what's on your life. You are welcome to the church. This is a rescue station that we all need. Let me show you where we've gone sideways. Religion focuses on approval. The church is to focus on acceptance. Approval is a score sheet that we determine if you're worthy of being in the room or not. And then if you're in the room, how close to the front are you allowed to sit? Oh, just look at me like you ain't anybody in that church also. I, like, I'm just telling you, we're not here to determine approval. We're here to determine acceptance of everybody. I don't, I don't hold the standard, God's word. And that word is working on me like it's working on everybody in the room. And if you're sitting beside somebody who has not grunted, said amen, or raised a hand right now, they really need to hear this message today. We're here to rep Jesus' heart, not, not judgment and attitudes. Jesus said, I didn't come to condemn the world. I came that they would be saved, free life. We have to love and accept our body. Number three, fully forgiven. 
Ooh, I like that one right there. Someone shout, I am fully forgiven. Everyone can be forgiven totally. See, some of y'all think there's still some residue of the past hanging on you. Mm -mm, That's not Bible. That's not Bible. It's not Bible. Another tat. Here we go. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 12. One, two, three. I will forgive their sins and will no longer remember their wrongs. Are you kidding me? I will fully forgive it. Done. And I won't remember it anymore. How many wish your mama would read that scripture? No, I'm just, no, come back to church. Come back to church. I, I shouldn't have said that. People remember. People call out the past. Not the church. The church looks at you. I'm not here to remind you of your past. I'm here to remind you of God's love, his forgiveness, his acceptance, his future. He's all about you, dog. Let's go. That's my Bible. Once we get religion off of it and we get back to the pureness of what's on the inside, man, there's nothing like that in the world. God's grace doesn't just remove sin, it removes the stains that sin left. You are 100% a part of God's kingdom. There's no degrees of salvation. Well, I'm a little bit saved. No, you can't be a little bit pregnant. You either are or you're not. There's no degrees. Your past is gone. There's no guilt. There's no shame. Only gratitude. There's no favorites. God has no favorites in the kingdom. There's no celebrity saints in the church. I'm going to say that again. There's no celebrity saints in the church. Free life. We don't remind people of the past. We remind them of God's grace. That's what we do to remind them they're fully forgiven. Number four, aren't you glad we don't have a 12-point declaration? Number four <laughs> is the last one. I am abundantly blessed. Oh, I got more response out of the blessed one than I did anything else in that room. God's favor's on your life. Yes, it is. Well, I don't see it. Well, you need to be looking for it. It's there. What you look for is what you attract into your life. Focus determines mastery. When you begin to look for God's favor, God's favor, what you will find what you look for in life. You leave here to say, I wanna, I wanna, I'm just looking for a red car. You'll see red cars everywhere. You ain't looking for them, you'll never see them. We've got to begin to look for what God is doing in our life. God, God's blessings are on your life. John chapter 1, verse 16. 1, 2, 3. From his abundance, we have all received one gracious blessing. At Free Life Chapel, we're here to get you expecting unexpected opportunities. I want you to anticipate greater strength, greater peace, louder laughter in your home, increase coming at you from the north, south, east, and west. Why? Because it's my Bible. I'm blessed in the city, and I'm blessed in the field. I'm blessed in, in New York. I'm blessed in Polk County. Like the blessings of God go everywhere. Do you understand? That's who he is. That's what he does. Free Life Chapel, God's favor is all over your life. I need you to say this way. Say, God's favor, God's favor is all over my life. Say it like you mean it. Say, God's favor, God's favor is all over my life. 
I want you to live that. I want you to believe that. It's God's word. We can have that free life. We're here to declare the promises, favor, and the blessings of God. That's why we're here. Because we are the church. I don't need you to repeat your opinion. I don't need you to repeat your feelings. I need you to repeat God's word and God's promises and God's directive over our lives. And when we declare what he's already declared, we get to experience what he's promised in our life. You need to declare this, this, this declaration over your life daily. Stop waiting until we get to church. Start speaking it over your life on Monday morning. Speak it over your kids on Tuesday. Speak it over your husband all week long. We, we just, just speak this. Declare this over your life. See, when we live like the church that Jesus died to give us, that Jesus died to make us, when we, when we live like the church, then radical love will radically impact real people. We should be moving the Richter scale on those that are on their way to heaven who found hope and healing and peace and joy that they belong and they're connected like they never did before. And look in this room. Chances are you're sitting pretty close to someone who's got a different pigmentation in their body than what you got. And we like it like that. Yes. This is what heaven's going to look like. That's why we do this. It's the kingdom. But I don't just want you to hear me talk about it. It's even better when you see that it's actually working in our church. Check this out. So I looked around and I said, this life would be way better if, it, if I wasn't in it. My family, my siblings, my sister, everybody's life would be better if I wasn't in it. And I really thought about taking my life. BC Julie, she was wild, loved to party. Uh, next party, next drink. Let's see how far I can get. Uh, didn't remember the next day. Didn't worry about anything that was going on around her. Drank stupid stuff, was smoking stupid stuff, um, and things like that. I think when we're in that kind of a state, we're just looking for the next thing to kind of help us cope with what's going on now. And it got to the point where I couldn't figure out of, there was nothing that was helping me. I was invited to church by a friend. She invited me. We went a couple of times to Free Life. Very inconsistent. It was just kind of like, if we woke up, we woke up. We had went a couple of times after that. There was a series called uh, Disappointed with God. And that one really hit. The pastor talked about how sometimes people are wrestling with God and sometimes people are fighting with God. But when you're fighting with God, you're in separation because when you fight someone, you're not close to them. And that's how I felt like my relationship was with God. Like I wasn't sure, uh, I had my fist up because I wasn't really sure about him. I had, my mom had a great relationship with God and she had her own prayer life, but I just felt like that wasn't for me. What hope means to me is seeing a light at the end of the tunnel. I was really looking for something to bring me security, peace, love, and I was trying to find it in all of these different things. So it got to the point where I, I couldn't find it anymore. I felt like I was too far, that there was nothing that was gonna help me, and not even God. And it was, it's kind of sad to think about it now, that, or even then, that people think that way, that they're too far gone, and that God isn't big enough to help them or anything like that. Uh, so that's what led me to think that way today, is that nobody is too far gone, because nobody is too far gone.
Discovering the free life in Christ is the mission of Free Life Chapel. And in basic step, walking that out is pretty much taking that next step. Discovering the free life for myself was when I started to greet. Serving brings me so much joy, so much hope. It's just so exciting that we get to do that on Sundays, that we get to do that on special events. Just making people feel like they're at home, bringing them peace from wherever they may be trying to escape that chaos. It's so exciting, I just wanna like shake them, you know? It's like, ah! <laughs> you can do it. You can so do it. You can so do it. And you have no idea the happiness and the joy and the excitement that is about to enter in their lives. And I just am so happy that I get to be a part of that. Free Life has given me a place where I can grow. Free Life has given me a place where I could be so joyful. I'm loved for just being myself. I don't have to be this person that I'm not in order for people to understand me and in order for me to receive the love of Jesus. That decision to take or to come to Free Life Chapel changed my life. Would you stand to your feet? I want you to notice something about our declaration that you may have never noticed before. There's four things that we declare. Loved, accepted, forgiven, and blessed. Loved and accepted precede forgiveness. Everybody can at least have part of this declaration in their life. Because even if you're far from Christ, you have to admit, I am eternally loved. I am fully accepted. Totally. I'm, compl I, I'm safe in that. The next step for your life is then fully forgiven and then abundantly blessed. The blessing follows the forgiveness, but the love and acceptance precedes forgiveness. Free Life Chapel, we have to make sure that love and acceptance are radiating all the way out into that parking lot, into the lobby, into every corridor of this place so that when people come in, they encounter Jesus, his love, his acceptance. Take a step towards forgiveness that they can live this blessed life like you and I are experiencing. We're not the standard he is. We're going to make these declarations, but we're going to live these declarations. Why? We are the church. And we're going to do this till the day we die, 52 weekends a year, going hard. There's not one weekend that's idle, not one weekend that we can take off. Every weekend matters because every heart in this room matters. Would you bow your heads in this room? If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, if you've been through some stuff in life like we all have been through some stuff in life, I want to give you the chance today to not just live loved and accepted and I want you to know you've got that no matter what you do today but I want you to know that you can take the next step into saying I'm fully forgiven my past is gone no remembrance of it no stain the shame the guilt it's over I'm into the grace and the future that God has for me and then the favor the blessings of God can come on my life I want you to experience that but it all starts back in our opening scripture that if you can have the understanding that Jesus is your Savior, then he says, on you 
I can build everything in life. That understanding, that revelation today, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, this is your moment right now. I'm not asking if you're going to live it perfect. I'm not saying you can never make a mistake again. I'm not saying you've got it all together. That has nothing to do with you raising your hand and say, yes, I want Jesus. That has nothing to do with the prayer you're going to pray. All you're saying is I'm putting my faith in Jesus and I will serve him the best I can for the rest of my life. And then you start this journey from there. If you're in this room, you say, Scott, I need Jesus. I'm so glad he loves me. I'm so glad he accepts me. But now I need forgiveness. I want my past gone so I can get back to living my future. If you're in this room today and you say, that's me, on the count of three, I want you to just throw one hand in the air. I'm not going to embarrass anybody. We're not calling you down here. I'm going to have you pray right where you are. But this is your step of saying, I'm identifying myself before heaven that I want you, Jesus, on the count of three. One, two, three. Throw that hand in the air. Where are you? Oh, my goodness, yes. Oh, my goodness, yes. Just, yeah, just, yeah it's between you and him all over this room throughout the balcony. I'm not even going to take time to count them right now. You can put those hands down. I want everyone to pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, come into my life. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for accepting me. Today I'm forgiven. Come into my heart. Change my life. And let your favor rest on my world. I give you all of me. I take all of you. Use my life for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We hope this message encouraged you. And to hear more encouraging messages, check us out at our website at freelifechapel.org. Until then, we hope to see you next time.